For this Comcast ADC's competition talks with leading experts, we have today Patrick Rey, Professor of Economics at the Toulouse School of Economics. Patrick's contributions to industrial organization, regulation, competition policy are outstanding, and they are materialized in an impressive publication record that includes more than 20 articles in international top-tier economic journals. As a leading expert in competition economics, Patrick has testified in many antitrust cases in Europe and elsewhere, conducted numerous competition workshops, seminars, served as expert for the OECD, the World Bank, the US DOJ, and the European Commission. I could talk extensively about Patrick's CV, but uh, you can find all that in the internet and let's jump directly to our Comcast. So Patrick, it is a pleasure to have you as a guest in our Comcast series. And it is on your shoulders and shoulders of experts like yourself that lies the challenge of continuously be pushing the boundaries of theoretical uh, and empirical knowledge that can inform competition agencies' uh, decision-making. This often calls for a bridge between theory and practice that in turn requires a constant reflection of how markets evolve, what new questions they raise, and what topics need reviving sometimes. And I think this is the case of conglomerate mergers. They were a very important topic in the 70s. Since then, however, the topic has attracted little interest, for example, in the US, but they have gained further momentum uh, with a digital economy with many products and services that are organized around ecosystems. Now, Patrick, you have recently produced research on this topic. Uh, what can you uh, uh, tell us uh, in terms of a brief overview of the findings of your recent uh, research on conglomerate mergers? Thank you, Anna. So thank you for your kind introduction. It's a pleasure to, to, to be here. The presentation uh, I made is, is based on a joint uh, ongoing work with uh, Ziju Chen. It is prompted by the idea that uh, congruent mergers often generate uh, efficiencies, uh, synergies for their uh, customers. can be in the form of uh, saving on uh, shopping costs. In some cases, you know, if you can buy everything you want, everything you need in a, in a single trip. In other cases, it can be uh, savings in learning costs. I'm familiar with the environment of uh, operating system, and therefore it's easier for me to uh, learn how to use uh, various uh, applications that run on, on this platform. In the context of the very first uh, merger that was blocked by the European Commission, a merger that is uh, dear to uh, Toulouse and people because it involved uh, one firm that was uh, partly based in, in Toulouse. It was a merger between regional aircraft manufacturers that would allow the new, the resulting entity to cover the entire range of regional aircraft so that the customers, the airlines, could uh, procure their entire fleet from the same supplier, which arguably, according to the European Commission, its decision would allow the airlines to save on spare parts, uh, maintenance, pilot certification, and so forth. This is uh, so, you know, another form of uh, transaction cost uh, savings. In another relatively recent merger between AT&T and DirecTV, the parties claim that uh, this would allow them to offer better uh, services to consumers by allowing consumers to uh, having a single uh, helpline, a single bidding source, uh, using a single setup box instead of uh, piling up multiple setup boxes uh, next to their TV and so forth. So that would be another form of uh, consumption synergy. So one of the issues that those uh, synergies raise is you know, whether they contribute to make the merger more beneficial to consumers by delivering those synergies 
Or is it instead the case that it would increase the market power of the firms by conferring some advantage to the resulting entities over its uh, standalone uh, rivals? So this is the issue on which we are focusing with Zitune. Uh, what we find is that uh, synergies are good as long as they are passed on to consumers. This is likely to be the case if the merged entity, the conglomerate that results from the merger, keeps fighting, competing with the standalone firms on a standalone basis, if they keep offering their components on a standalone basis, as well as offering a bundle, as well as allowing the consumers that are interested in saving on transaction costs by buying everything in single stop in one stop from the conglomerate. As long as the conglomerate keeps competing on a standalone basis, the merger is indeed likely to be beneficial to consumers because competition on a standalone basis ensures that standalone prices remain the competitive level, as it was the case, or at least at the similar level as it was the case pre-merger. And those consumers that are interested in the synergies can then buy the bundle or can buy everything in a single stop and benefit from those synergies. And as long as the competition on a standalone basis remains as vivid as a pre-merger, it's a win-win situation where those who want to mix and match can still mix and match under the same terms and conditions as before the merger, so they are not affected. The standalone rivals are not affected either. And those consumers who are interested in and value the consumption synergies then can opt for the bundle offering or the one-stop shop offering uh, generated by the merger, uh, which, of course, benefits the, the, the conglomerate. So the, the merger is profitable. That's good for the firm. But it also benefits those consumers who tend to favor and value those uh, synergies. So as long as there remain competition on a standard basis, we get a uh, you know, rather rosy uh, situation where everyone uh, wins and no one is harmed. Or there are some winners and no one, and there are no losers. Now, the situation is different if instead the conglomerate decides to engage in a bundling and stop competing on a standalone basis and offers only the bundle. In that case, the fact that competition is weakened on the standalone basis gives rise to, uh, opens the possibility that uh, those consumers who want to mix and match and keep buying on a standalone basis may be harmed. This is more likely to be the case when there is, the markets are concentrated uh, in some of those components so that you know, post-merger, you know, if there are very few, you know, only one or very few operators that offer the product on a standalone basis, now that the merger, the conglomerate no longer has withdrawn from this uh, you know, type of offering, then that creates market power to the remaining standalone uh, suppliers, so the markets are concentrated, the standard markets are concentrated, then indeed uh, combined with bundling, uh, this may be uh, harmful to, to consumers, and in that case, the, the merger may be anti-competitive. So the lessons are that uh, concurrent merger is likely to uh, socially desirable benefits in the form of consumption synergies that are passed on to consumers as long as they remain a sufficiently vivid competition on a standalone basis. And that is more likely to be the case in the absence of bundling. And that is more likely to be the case if you know, the, the markets for the components on a standalone basis are not too concentrated. Well, that's a very key and very clear lesson and very helpful indeed, because it's a very black and white kind of way to put it that is very insightful. So thank you for that, Patrick. 
Now, you've mentioned aircraft industry, you mentioned uh, the, the TV industry. Now, today we're facing a lot of challenges as competition enforcers that arise from the digital economy that is characterized by very strong complementarities between the products and services. Another thing is that they're always seeing mergers. So mergers are very frequently in these markets uh, and led by the leading platforms. Now, what do you think and how do you think the digital economy may affect our analysis of competition? I think it has a drastic implication for the, the, the way we analyze competition. In traditional economies, and maybe we, have, we should have already taken that into account when dealing with the, the good old brick and mortar economy, but uh, the issues become even more salient with the, the development of the digital economy. We, we tend to, to reason market by market. So the first thing we do in uh, competition policy enforcement, you know, be it national policy or abuses of dominance and so on, we first have to define what is the relevant market. And then we look at how competition works in that uh, relevant market. That's not the, the, what we see in the digital economy. What we see in the digital economy is that uh, many players offer a variety of goods and services and on the that's on the supply side and on the demand side we see a variety of usage patterns of internet usage patterns some consumers mix and match other consumers they rely on one provider for a variety of services this so it's not the case that we there is competition on one particular service or one particular good there is competition for consumer attention the name of the game is to keep uh, the consumer on its platform, on its ecosystem. The worst fear for the operators is consumer switch to another platform with the concern that it will never come back. So that, you know, this is a very different way of uh, uh, thinking about how competition uh, works out. As a result, the traditional notion of complements versus substitutes, the two notions become more and more blurred. Uh, some goods can be complements for some consumers, or for some uses of those consumers. They may be complements for others, for other consumers, or for other uses of those uh, of those consumers. And they can be complements today and become substitutes tomorrow. It's really the traditional way of dealing and analyzing, in particular the starting point of the analysis, uh, may have to be uh, revisited. So moving from competition markets to competition ecosystems, taking into account the fact that Consumers have a very heterogeneous usage patterns. It's not the case that they will buy A uh, from uh, firm one or for firm two. It's just that some, you know, some consumers may prefer to buy A and C uh, from firm one and B from firm two. Other consumers instead may want to have everything from the from the same firm. Other consumers may instead uh, go for you know uh, put together uh, B and E or F and, and so on. And this uh, this heterogeneity of usage pattern has implications for the, the way uh, um, the, the firms are going to, to, to compete. Uh, throw in uh, the additional uh, layer of complexity which is uh, generated by the fact that uh, uh, an important input for the for the firms is the data that uh, they collect from consumers in the those uh, various uh, usages of uh, from consumers and as uh, and you and you get a picture that is quite drastically uh, different from the the one that is um, reflected 
uh, not only the way uh, competition policy enforcement is organized, starting with the market definition uh, state, but also uh, the way it is reflected in the uh, economic uh, or industrial organization, uh, uh, academic literature, uh, you know, the, that uh, focuses on competition given on other given products or given services. So that I think has, uh, uh, is one, one of the major challenges uh, that uh, lie ahead of us, not only for you, the enforcers, but also for the, for the, the research uh, uh, academic community. Indeed, Patrick. Well, for the competition, it enforces is, is I think, quite a challenge because it's like a revolution uh, in terms of the methodologies that were used to apply. But I think it is very important that, that we make that adjustment as if we want to capture uh, um, the dimensions and of competition firms in, in the digital economy. Indeed. Now, another question related with digital economy, if you allow me, and I'm, I'm referring to the recent uh, blacklist uh, that was announced uh, by the European Commission in the Digital uh, Markets Act that specifically prohibits the bundling of core services uh, by a gatekeeper. Now, you are an expert on uh, the implications uh, of complementarities uh, between products and services for the interaction of firms in the way firms interact in the market. So what are your thoughts uh, on this provision uh, introduced by the DMA? If you look at the, the economic literature on post-Chicago uh, theories of harm in the context of uh, conglomerate mergers, many of those uh, theories of harm are based on some form of bundling. Very often, they are based on tying, so tying one product to another. The papers by Mike Winston in uh, AR 1990, the paper by Carlton and Wallman slightly afterwards, uh, which were developed in the, in the wake of the, the first episode of the Microsoft saga, the paper by Choi and Stefanidis. All those papers were uh, rely on the fact that uh, the, the incumbent and engage in tying in order to protect its uh, incumbency position, its market power. In Winston, it's, uh, it, this is achieved by, you know, the, by making the incumbent a very aggressive rival in case of entry, so as to deter uh, potential influence and convince them to, to stay out of the market. In Carlton and Wallman, tying is uh, uh, obtained in order to uh, eliminate competition in the tied product, not so much for the benefit of uh, killing competition there, but just to avoid that uh, you know, entry in the tied product may facilitate later on entry in the core market. In choice Stefanidis, uh, you were an incumbent in, in A and B uh, ties the two products just to make it more difficult uh, for would-be uh, potential competitors to innovate and enter to enter the market through innovation by forcing them to be successful in innovating in both A and B, which is a much more challenging task uh, than su uh, succeeding in either A or B. Uh, so in all those theories of harm are based in a, in a strong form of bundling. In the paper that uh, uh, that uh, uh, we are currently working on with uh, Zijun, likewise, what we find is that if the, the practice of a pure bundling, so a particularly strong form of bundling, so focusing on the bundle and not competing anymore on a standalone basis, 
That is, you know, the practice that uh, makes it more likely that the merger and the consumption synergies generated by the concurrent mergers will not be passed on uh, to consumers, but instead will contribute to uh, create more market power in the industries by differentiating the offerings of the conglomerate on the one hand that offers the bundle and only the bundle and uh, the offerings of the standalone firms that offer this uh, basket of uh, of uh, standalone f products that may be more interesting to uh, to mix and matchers so there as well bundling and particular pure bundling is uh, at the, the core of the of the of the problem so yes in that sense the this uh, tends to support the view that when you have uh, substantial market power in an industry then uh, a strong form of bundling, be it tying or pure bundling, may indeed be uh, uh, problematic. The extent to which even mixed bundling, a weaker form of bundling, may be problematic when you have significant market power is, uh, at the moment in the literature, is less uh, documented. But you know, the, 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 this may be an interesting avenue for further research. But uh, at the very least, the, the literature does uh, does provide some support from uh, from a cautious, a cautious attitudes towards at least strong forms of bundling. Very well, Patrick. Uh, now, just to wrap up our, our podcast, because we have been uh, uh, talking for, uh, for a little while, we could address this and, and keep talking about this, these issues for a long time. But now a more policy related question. And I don't know, I know that when you, when you speak about conglomerate mergers, you often refer to the policy divide um, that exists between the U.S. that been typically uh, more lenient on conglomerate mergers, just like with vertical mergers. But anyway, recently the FTC sued Facebook, uh, and in the decision to sue Facebook for illegally maintaining its market power, the investigation shows uh, in several emails, uh, including from Mark Zuckerberg himself, that are crystal clear in terms of the incentives to kill competition. In the meantime, also we had um, the, the DOJ uh, and the FTC issuing uh, new vertical merger guidelines that then uh, there was a, a, a lot of comments asking for uh, complementarities and complementary mergers between complementary products to be included uh, in the guidelines. So with these developments, uh, would you expect to see uh, the gap between the US and the EU closing uh, regarding uh, conglomerate mergers? Yes, indeed, we, we have seen a, a revival of uh, attention dedicated by uh, uh, the U.S. Uh, agencies, the, the DOJ and the FTC, to conglomerate or vertical issues. You mentioned the, the, the guidelines. Uh, I was indeed hoping that they could uh, cover conglomerate and verticals. Apparently, this is not going to happen. So, so there, there, there remains some gap. But there, there, is, there, there is a movement uh, that uh, there is a trend that uh, shows a revival of interest for conglomerate and vertical issues in the U.S. At least on behalf of the uh, of the agencies, uh, it is less clear that uh, the court are willing to 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 support this uh, evolution. There has been a, a few uh, a few examples in which uh, this uh, this uh, has not uh, happened. Uh, so we will still have to see what we will, will happen on, on that front. But at the very least, from the agency standpoint, there has been a, a revival of interest. Uh, so in that sense, yes, the, the, the gap may be, uh, may be closing. Uh, let's see. Well, there, that's in terms of policy. Well, you'll, you'll certainly contributed to making sure conglomerate mergers uh, uh, in terms of research and theory don't go unnoticed. 
So thank you very much uh, for all the insights that you share with us, Patrick. It was a great pleasure to do this Comcast with you. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for the interesting exchange.